Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? So, y'all, I invited today's guest on because, frankly, I wanted to pick her brain. (laughs) She is a precision nutrition level one health coach. She's a feast-to-fast health coach, um, and she is a homeschooling mom of six, And so the question that came to my brain might be the same one coming to yours. How do you do all that? (laughs) And that's really what I want to talk to her about today. I was telling her uh, when we were talking about Feast of Fast, I was like, my goodness, I would pay to be in your group just to see what, how you eat and how you feed your family and all of that. And so I thought, oh, it'd be just such a good idea to bring her on the podcast because I know for a lot of us moms trying to navigate motherhood with one, two, three kids um, and trying to feed our families healthy, trying to do better with that, trying to stay organized, all those things. I think that today's interview will give us um, just some perspective, some encouragement, um, and some good ideas and some good tips. So I want to welcome Amanda Floyd to the podcast. Welcome, Amanda, to the Christian Health Club podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. Why don't we start by you telling us about your family, you and your family? All right. Well, my husband and I, Lynn, um, have been married for 20 years. And Chelsea's right. We have six kids. Um, They range in age from 17 years to 17 months. Um, The five oldest are our biological children, and the youngest is actually our foster son. He's been with us for a little over a year, and we're not really sure how long he'll get to stay in our home, but we're just going to do the best we can with him, and we're honored to have as much time with him as possible. Um, And so we live in Austin, Texas, where my husband actually works as lieutenant for the Texas Department of Public Safety. And I get to stay at home with our kids and I teach them, I homeschool them. Um, And I also work from home as a nutrition coach. So that's basically the Floyds in a nutshell. (laughs) In a nutshell. I like how you phrase that. I get to stay home and teach our kids. I think especially right now with everything that's been going on with the pandemic, a lot of us have uh, been introduced to staying at home and teaching our kids. And I think we all have a new appreciation for how challenging that can be and challenging to balance that with um, with getting work done. So that's just really what I wanted to dig into today. Why don't you um, tell us what kind of a, a day in the life looks like for you? Okay. Um, my husband and I, we get up early. We're early birds, um, mainly for myself out of necessity, not because I'm really a morning person. Um, but he has to get off and 
to work pretty early and I get up to care for the baby. Um, and then now that school has started, our other children set their alarms for 9 a.m. Um, they eat breakfast and then they get busy on their schoolwork and chores. We all kind of naturally take a break around lunchtime and gather in the kitchen and kind of check in a little bit. And then sometime in the afternoon, our two oldest girls, they're 17 and 15, they both have part-time jobs and so they'll head off to their jobs. And then for since the pandemic, my husband's been working from home most of the time, but like this week he's not, he's not at home. So when he's working away from home, he's usually home right before dinner. And um, depending on our schedule, most of us will eat together or we'll kind of divide and conquer. Right now is a baseball and softball season for us. And so we, we eat together as, much, as often as we can and then kind of go our separate ways in the evenings to get things done. Yes, I understand that divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. We have entered a whole new level of that this year because my boys are both playing football and they play on the same night, but in different towns. So (laughs) when one is home, the other is away. And, you know, we have some away games that are like three hours away because we live, you know, in this tiny small town. So like literally they will go three hours on a Thursday to play a football game and then come home. So we're just kind of getting into this season and um, it's going to be a whole different experience for us. Um, So I get that. Um, Okay. How first let's talk about, I'm just really so curious about the homeschool situation. (laughs) How, how is your homeschool day organized? Like how do your kids know what to work on, you know, and how, long is that day? You know, how long is each of each day do they really spend on school? Those are they're good questions because I feel like every year we're kind of navigating all of that. It really has changed over time. We've been homeschooling since our oldest um, was in first grade. So we've we've been at it for a hot minute. But this year <laughs> I can say that we have a co-op that meets on Fridays. And uh, each of the kids have three classes. They have English, history, and art. So during the week, we fill in the gaps with the other subjects. But most of their schoolwork during the week is driven by the assignments that they've been given by their teachers at co-op. And then, of course, I task them with the rest of it, you know, to do math and all the other good things. So usually on Mondays, is when they get all their assignments for co-op and so they'll print them out and they plan their week. Um, We're big planners in the Floyd house, especially my husband. He um, has encouraged them to really have a plan for the week. And so they each have their little notebook where they decide what they're going to work on for each day. Um, Sometimes that requires a little extra guidance from mom and dad, but they do a pretty good job of mapping out their weeks to make sure they can get it all done. Um, So most of the time they... In the mornings, they'll get ready for the day. They'll eat breakfast and get dressed, brush their teeth, make their beds. Uh, Then they do some schoolwork, um, eat lunch, and then more schoolwork, and then they'll do their chores. That's usually how our day goes. They will occasionally take breaks from schoolwork to do other things. So some of my kids like to do a little bit of school, and then they'll go do a chore. And they'll come back and do a little bit more school, and then go play outside for a little But generally, our third grader, who's our biological baby, 
she spends about three hours on schoolwork. Um, the seventh and eighth graders, usually around four hours. And then my high schoolers are right at five hours probably a day. Um, definitely heavier at the beginning of the week and try to lighten their loads towards the end of the week um, just to get it all done. So it's definitely not as long as public school, but um, they still are able to accomplish what they need to. Yeah, I think that's such a bonus of homeschooling is that it's, um, you're more efficient, you can be more, you know, efficient with that time. Um, man, what a good life skill to have to like learn to plan your week. I, I think I need a better, some better life skill that right now in my life. I mean, that's some good critical thinking to have to look at your week ahead and then kind of map out what you're going to do and to learn that from a young age. That's so valuable. Mm-hmm. We're all about life skills up in here. Yeah. Well, I would think you would have to be pretty big planners to manage a family um, of that size, just, you know, to keep all the wheels turning. Well, so how, I'm sure, are are they coming to you and asking questions and things like that throughout the day? Or what does that look like? Are you kind of helping the younger ones? To, or, I mean, kind of where, where are you floating around like a butterfly? What are you doing <laughs> during that time? Oh, I'm just sitting on the couch <laughs> eating bonbons. <Yeah>, bonbons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, unfortunately, um, no, I have my own chores to do. And to, right now I'm chasing around the 17 month old, um, who's very busy, but, uh, yes, they come to me throughout the day. My high schoolers are really pretty independent, um, as are my middle schoolers for the most part. Math seems to be the biggest, um, hang up for my kids. And so there's typically math questions. Uh, but yes, they kind of come to me intermittently throughout the day, um, if they need me. I have implemented this year an actual schedule and told them, you know, at this time, as soon as the baby goes down for a nap, I'm available to answer any of your questions to help you finish up an assignment. Um, And so I've set aside that time to specifically be available to help them with school without the distraction of the baby. Um, The youngest, my third grader, she she does get my undivided attention for school. We since spend some concentrated time reading and doing our devotional together. And I sit with her while she does her math. Um, but the other kids are really super independent. So they kind of just do their own thing and let me know if they need help. That's so great. And I feel your kids because we all know how I do with math. So <laughs> stupid, stupid math. <laughs> yeah, <I do>. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I was just telling my best friend this morning, we were talking about, you know, if you never know what's going on with the pandemic and all the shifting gears that's always happening. I'm like, that is just my biggest problem is the math. When they come home and they need math help, even if it's not the pandemic, if they just need help, I'm just so not helpful. (laughs) I will write all your papers. (laughs) I can write all the papers, all all the vocabulary, all the everything, anything to do with words. I am your person, but I am not your math person. I think we all know that. Okay. So, all right. So that sounds like you're pretty busy. I mean, I, I can just imagine. And then you're just trying to get just regular everything done. But so how do you ha- find time or how do you work in working with clients? Well, I, this is again, new this year. I feel like with the baby, um, we've had to be, I have had to be more intentional with my schedule. And so I 
have set aside one hour every day, just one hour where to do my, my work is what I tell my kids. This is my time to work and I will not be bothered during this hour. And so I'm able to move that hour around in the day. So if I have a client that wants to talk at 10 o'clock in the morning, I just give my kids a heads up that I will not be available from 10 to 11. And so they know that that means they help with the baby. They're on their own with schoolwork or chores or whatever. And then I will be with them in just a moment. So that's that's new this year and it seems to be working really well. Um, they have honored that because they know they get mom back in just an hour. It's really not that long. So, um, and thankfully all my clients have been understanding and um, my availability is fairly limited, but I try to be reasonable. So I think mm-hmm. it's done. So. It, you make it happen. It's like the more things you have to do, you do have to be um, more intentional with your schedule mm-hmm. like that. So um, it, you know, in some ways that helps. I'm curious, just because I know we have a lot of people that um, that listen to this podcast that are interested in being turning their passion of nutrition and, you know, kind of reading and learning and helping people into um, something more than a hobby and, and working toward making that either, you know, a part-time job or full-time job. And so what, can you just give us a little bit? I mean, because I know you did Feast of Fast years ago, Mm -hmm. right? And then you went to Precision Nutrition, um, Mm -hmm. through their course to become a a level one health coach. I mean, just what's a little bit of a a timeline or just kind of how, how you did that and what was that program like? And then, and then the decision to come back around and teach Feast to Fast. Um, I, when I was pregnant with my youngest biological child, um, I realized that I needed to make a change with my health. Um, I dealt with a little bit with postpartum depression with the previous four kids. And so I just wanted this time to be different. And so I knew enough about health and nutrition to know that I needed to get things in order. So I actually started working out before I started eating healthy. And so I, which I thoroughly still enjoy, but I, then I came to the, the realization that nutrition was a big part of feeling well um, and being able to be all that God created me to be and do the things that he's asked me to do, which included being a mom. So then it rolled over into training my kids up um, and teaching them about nutrition. So it just felt like, felt like the, the total package. Um, being able to coach nutrition just comes from a gift that I believe that I've been given to teach, um, to encourage others. And so it just seemed like a natural progression. I wanted to learn more about nutrition and then have the opportunity to walk alongside other women as they pursue their health goals and get healthier for their families and ultimately for the Lord. So I um, went the precision nutrition route really honestly because it was one of the least expensive options, but I felt like it was a viable option for us. And so I did that and then... What you do, Chelsea, is just the whole package um, of bringing in nutrition, but also the focus is on Jesus. And so it just made sense to me that if I'm going to be walking alongside women as they honor the Lord with their bodies 
and with their families, but that wouldn't obviously include the Lord. And so that's what drew me to, to be a Feast of Fast coach. I knew it was the total package and really the missing piece for everything that the world has to offer in regards to health and nutrition. And so that's kind of what led me back around to um, being a coach with Feast of Fast. Oh, that's so, I love that. <laughs> and the good news is with that is that you, um, you can do it and it's, it doesn't require a lot of time besides uh, eating, cooking, maybe taking some pictures and then really, you know, checking with your clients online. And so you can do that. You can kind of set your own hours or do that before, you know, before school hours or after school hours. So I think that's um, and a good way to reach more people too, you know, which yeah. is kind of why I went that route as well, you know, um, just reaching more people and um, walking alongside them that way. And I know the from the time I've talked to you, you know, because we've talked throughout all these processes, I know that you're just, um, you're, you're really good accountability partner mm. for people. Um, and really do help keep them focused on that kind of that anchor of, of honoring our bodies as a temple. So um I just love that. And I'm just so glad you're just a part of the team. Um, okay, well, you mentioned, okay, so you said, you know, starting with, oh, and the other thing I wanted to say about that is how you started with working out, which I think that's great. You know, a lot of just, I always want to remind people start somewhere, you know, if you, when you start somewhere, whether if it's working out, even if, if it's sleep, I'm going to start sleeping better. Like, that's my goal, you know, um, whatever your entry point is. Once you do that, it starts to motivate you to unfold the others. And so whatever that feels doable for you right now is do that, you know, and I'm so I'm so glad that you said that. Um, Okay, so you knew that you had to change nutrition for you and your family. I Mm -hmm. would think that just let's even take healthy out of it right now. (laughs) Feeding such a big family has got to be like a full-time job. I mean, I'm feeding my family of five, my three kids, and I feel like I am cooking and, you know, and doing this all the time. So Mm -hmm. I just, you know, it's got to be with so many people in your family, like a full-time job. How do you do that? (laughs) Well, it is. (laughs) And I do see it as part of my job. Like, I feel like this is my responsibility as a wife and a mom, as a homemaker, um, that I feed them well, you know, um, I believe it's part of the ministry that I have to my family is to make sure that they are fed. And really, it would be overwhelming if I didn't have a plan, if I didn't plan ahead, and, and also if I didn't set some boundaries. So, um, so that's a big part of how I make it make it all work. Uh how okay so you meal plan so okay well tell us tell us about that um i generally plan out two weeks of breakfasts and dinners Um, i do two weeks at a time just because it's it takes a lot of time to do that and so um, i set aside an evening to really to map all that out so i have a notebook that i keep in my kitchen um, of meals that our family really raved about. Like they'll tell me at the end of the meal, oh yeah, mom, this one's a keeper. And whenever they say that, I write it down in my notebook. 
And so when it goes to planning meals, I have this list of food that I know that our family already enjoys because the last thing I want to do is sit down after slaving in the kitchen to complainers at my table. I want them to enjoy (laughs) their food. And so I make sure I choose from the list of foods that they've already told me that they like. And, um, and I don't have the greatest memory. And so I write it all down. And one of my daughters, she's, um, my seventh grader, she loves to cook, loves to be in the kitchen. And so I've tasked her with making breakfast for the family each day, most days. Um, and so she actually helps me plan the breakfast for those two weeks. So, and then every now and then I'll try out a new recipe. I do enjoy cooking and I do like trying new things. We don't get too crazy up here, but, um, Every now and then, I'll throw in a new one and then kind of see, <laughs> kind of see how it lands, um, and see if it's going to make the notebook or not. <laughs> is it going to make the notebook? That's, That's the right. question. <laughs> I mean, that notebook is probably worth like some serious gold. I would like to see the notebook. Oh my goodness, That's funny. I know exactly what you mean, though. I made um last night. I made chicken pot pie for our family, and it's you just it's like this is so good. You know, everybody loves it. And I made an upgraded version. You know, it's got celery and carrots and onions, you know, all sauteed and then mixed with chicken and some gluten-free cream of mushroom soup and a gluten-free pie crust, you know, and I I make Mm -hmm. two. I I just, I do it in um, gluten-free pie crust, not with a pie crust topping, but I make, you know, in two separate pie crusts because one's not going to cut it here and I'm sure it wouldn't cut it at your house either. Um, But it's just everyone's like, what's for dinner? And if I said that, they're like, yes, you know, and you love that. You know, it's like the perfect angels singing kind of meal because we've got some healthy components to it. We've got some veg, we've got some good protein, you know, got a little starch in there. That's not, you know, perfect, but it's okay. It's still, it's Mm -hmm. all right. And, um, and it's just so good. So I get that. I should, I should make a master notebook. Um, <laughs> I like that idea. What? So do you have the same night every week that you sit down and plan, or is it just kind of when you're in the moods? Like some people like every Sunday night I'm gonna plan my meals. Do you do that, or is it just kind of whenever you get a chance for that week? Yeah, that's funny that you say it that way because I've been talking about all this planning, but yet I'm really not that rigid. Um, Sunday usually is the day that I'll sit down and plan just because it's typically pretty chill here on Sunday evenings. Um, And I, I like to grocery shop on Mondays. So, so yeah, usually Sundays will be the day that I'll do that. So tell us some of the meals that have made the notebook. What do you (laughs) like to eat? (laughs) Here's the truth right here. (laughs) Yep. definitely like enchiladas we do green chicken enchiladas i kind of go back and forth between the red beef enchiladas and the green chicken i have kids that prefer one over the other um baked ziti is definitely one of the favorites that's in our home um and that's one that my kids can throw together so that's that's nice if they want they have an evening they want to cook they can do that um tortilla soup is definitely a favorite. Uh, just a side note, my husband used to work down in the valley near Mexico, near the border. Um, he would go down there once a month to work the border, and there was a Mexican food restaurant down there, and he would rave about their tortilla soup. I mean, 
I heard it a lot to the point where I was like, okay, babe, enough. <laughs> and so I had him describe the soup to me and I was able to recreate it. So that has definitely made the note. Wow. Um, That's impressive. So, yeah. Well, I, I love it. And so, and I like for my husband, I prefer for my husband to rave about my tortilla soup. <laughs> so <laughs> I was driven. Um, a new favorite, um, but it's a classic, is shepherd's pie. Um, and I love that because it's rich and full of lots of vegetables. And then we also do teriyaki rice bowls. And so that's chicken. But there's also a restaurant here in Austin. There's a lot of really cool restaurants here. But there's a fairly clean one that they make rice bowls. And so that actually came, that recipe came out of trying to copy what they do at this restaurant. And so um, that's requested quite frequently. And then orange chicken. Um, it doesn't come around very often because it is so labor intensive. Um, but it is definitely a family favorite. I love that. So, okay, when you're recreating like the tortilla soup or the rice bowls, mm -hmm. are you, do you um, write the recipe down or, or do you kind of cook on the fly? I'm just such a cook on the fly kind of person. I, mm -hmm. I just get curious. How do you mm -hmm. do it? Well, with those particular ones, yes, I just, um, it, it's locked in the vault. <laughs> like I just know, I just know what to do. And ironically, when people ask for the recipe, it takes me, it takes me a while to actually write it down because I just do it by nature now. And I haven't always been like that. When we first got married, I was I was definitely a recipe girl, follow it to a T. But I feel like I've learned more about cooking and can go a little bit more off the cuff nowadays. Yes, I'm very off the cuff and experimental. I'm like, oh, I don't have this, but I can try this. That's how mm -hmm. my mom cooks. So I guess that's what I saw. And yeah. sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you learn. Um, so, okay. Do you have a food budget and that you try to stick to? I, I mean, I, the amount of food I, money I spend on food is kind of ridiculous, and it's something that I'm trying to work on. It's one of the biggest expenses that we have, and a lot of it is because I don't, I don't plan. Uh, I'm not a meal planner and I usually kind of go to the grocery store and then I just buy my normal things, kind of see what's on sale and base mm -hmm. some of my purchases on that, but kind of get our, our same things. And then I kind of figure out what I'm making when I come home. That's really not that, that's not efficient, but, so, but th with that, you know, things go to waste because mm -hmm. I just inevitably they do. Um, so anyway, so I'm trying to work on that, but I'm, so I'm just kind of curious, um, and I'm curious for the audience out there too how many people have a food budget they try to stick to but do you oh yes i i try really hard <laughs> um we do budget everything as you can imagine i mean just you kind of have to and my husband gets paid once a month which i didn't realize was that big of a deal until i realized it was <laughs> and so whatever <laughs> whatever he gets paid i mean we, we we make it work for those 30 31 days and so um, so we, yes, he, I'm always asking him to increase that amount, <laughs> but I really try to stick close to, um, what he suggests I stick to. And it's doable if I meal plan. I do think that, um, if I went to the store and just kind of, you know, got like basically our typical stuff and figured it out when I got home, I think I'd be in the same boat as you. Like there would yeah. be some waste there. Um, and then. 
inevitably I wouldn't have everything that I want or whatever. Because um, as much as I say is I don't really follow a recipe so much anymore, there are some things where you're missing an ingredient, you know? Um, yep. And I don't have the energy to figure out what I can replace. So, um, so yeah, I really do try to stick to it. Um, it really, it is one of our biggest expenses. But when you think about the fact, especially because we homeschool, I have, when my husband's not at home, there's still seven of us here um, eating three meals a day. That's a lot of food. That's, That's just a, a lot, lot of food. food, you know? And so, and it's, it pales in comparison to what we would spend if we ate out all the time, which we don't. So I feel like we're saving money by eating at home. So. Yeah, we, um, we rarely eat out. One, because we're not in a place that has a lot of restaurants, you know, besides fast food restaurants. And so mm-hmm. now, you know, we cook so much that when we go out, I mean, I'm kind of a particular, not that I'm a really great cook, but just with the ingredient quality and such, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not, this is not worth it. You know, it's yeah. 50 or 60 or 70 bucks for us to go out as a family. And it just kind of hurts me. Oh, <laughs> it I'm, hurts me. I'm here not. You know, how do you, so how do you grocery shop? Do you go every week? Well, I go twice a month in on normal months. So that's usually my goal because I plan out meals for two weeks and then I go shop for those two weeks. And I actually got this idea from a more experienced mom. She has more kids than I do. And so I actually asked her to go to coffee with me one day and said, okay, how do you do it? You know, kind of the same thing. I don't. I want to make sure I'm honoring um, my husband well, you know, when he gives me a budget and then making sure that I take care of my family well. And so, and I believe that's biblical, you know, to go to other people like in Titus two, it says that the older women should teach the younger women. And I don't necessarily think that just means older in age, but also just a little bit further down the road or they have more kids um, or whatever, you know, their, their situation is just a little bit further along than your own, that you consult with those people, you know, that you use that so that you can manage your finances well, and you can feed your family well. I mean, I think it applies to that too. So, so I shop twice a month um, and I go to three stores on one day. So obviously I do not take children with me. Um, (laughs) I am alone. (laughs) And so it's not that bad. I don't mind going to the grocery store as long as I'm by myself. Um, all the questions, whew, it just gets to me. But um, so on those two days that I shop, um, I hit three stores. I go to Costco, obviously, because our family is huge. And I do HEB and Sprouts. So um, Sprouts, for those of you who don't have one in the area, it's like a Whole Foods, like more healthy, organic type store. Um, and so I already know I have literally three different grocery lists for those three different stores. I've already done the research. I've talked to other mamas. I know where I can get the best deals on which kinds of food. So when I go to Costco, I only buy my Costco things, even though, you know, their spinach artichoke dip looks really good. Um, I don't do it. Or when I go to HEB, yes, they have fruits and vegetables, but I know I can get it cheaper at Sprouts. So I don't do it. Um, I buy my paper plates from HEB, but I buy my chicken from Sprouts. 
It's just, I've already done the research. I don't have the bandwidth to try to figure out like do couponing or even check the sales. I just, you know, I just don't. Um, that's one of the things I've had to let go. I've tried to in the past, like compare myself to, myself to other moms or otherwise and how they do things so well. Um, but I had to find what worked for me. And so this, this is what works for me. Um, and really, when I go to Sprouts, I try to choose the fruits and vegetables that are in season. And you can usually tell because they'll be on sale, like the signs are there. Um, I kind of have a mental running tally of like how much I typically spend on grapes, you know, and if it's over that, I'm not buying grapes that week. I already know that's way too much to spend on strawberries, you know, or whatever. But if you buy things in season, they typically are less expensive. So that's what that's what I focus on. I get all my frozen um, fruits and vegetables from Costco just because they're obviously in larger portions. And I get all my fresh fruits and vegetables from Sprouts. And usually because I shop for two weeks at a time, we'll eat all the fresh stuff during the first week. And then I pull out all the frozen stuff in the second week because there's been some interesting spinach left in my refrigerator. <laughs> so I'll try to make it stretch. <laughs> so, so anyway, I try to meal plan accordingly, you know, of what the fresh foods I'm going to use versus the frozen. So. Oh, that is all so good. I mean, that takes some restraint to go and only stick to the things on your list or that you know you're going to buy because that is my problem. That's probably where a lot of our uh, unnecessary expenditure comes in is I'm like, ooh, that, you know, look this on sale. I'm going to get a lot of that or this or whatever. Oh, that sounds good. Just kind of go off. I, that's really cool that you know your stores and, and you go there. You know, I live in a small town and so I go to HEB. That's our major store in most Texas areas and everybody loves HEB. I mean, it's mm -hmm. great. But anyway, it's an hour away. Um, we do have a little local grocery store here, but it's just, it, it does not have the, you know, um, all of the options I'm looking for. So I go um, usually about once a week to HEB and, and stock up. But when I go to Houston and stay with my mom, I mean, I want to go to every grocery store. And I, and I do, I definitely hit Costco, HEB and Sprouts um, for sure. And sometimes some other ones, but I always wonder like if I lived here. Well, how would I manage this? Would I be going to all of these stores all the time? <laughs> because I'm kind of that same way. So I love how you just kind of do it all at once and get your things from, you know, instead of spreading it out all the time. That's a good, that's a good way to approach it. Yeah. it I like, um, yeah. And, and that's so smart too. You should do your fresh vegetables the first week and frozen the second week. I'm thinking, I wonder if I could plan for two weeks ahead. I mean, of course I could. You can do it. I can do it. See, like this is the tightest. Like you're the woman that has more children. So I'm learning from you. That's what this that's like the whole purpose of this podcast. This is so perfect. Um this is giving me a lot of food for thought. And that pun is on purpose. And I'm going to <laughs> Okay, but one thing I love that you brought up, you said, um, about kind of knowing, you know, your boundaries, like you're not going, you're, you, you can't, you don't have the bandwidth for like couponing and, 
and checking the weekly sales and like kind of switching gears depending on that you have you know what works for you and you stick with that and that is a boundary that you've set for yourself do you have any other boundaries you know that help you or help the household in general that keep things running smoothly yeah um boundaries can be hard for me but i have found that they are effective and they actually lead to freedom for me um, a lot less guilt as a mom um but they it's taken me a while to put these boundaries into place but for one of them is i don't do lunch so um, I, I know y'all heard me talk about when I meal plan, I do breakfast and dinner, but I don't cook lunch. Everyone fends for themselves. I mean, obviously there's food available for lunch, but they the kids are responsible for making it themselves. So they typically will choose from, I mean, I have some kids that do sandwiches and some that can't stand them. Um, a couple of my daughters went through like a salad phase where they would pull out salad stuff and make their own. But it's all there. But they are responsible for it. I don't, I don't um, provide that for them. I don't ring ring the bell at lunch and say it's ready. I don't do that. Um, and then I'm not a short order cook. This sounds a little harsh, but I never have been um, since my kids were babies. Whatever you're served, that's what we eat. And um, if you don't eat it, you don't eat. And I know that sounds really harsh, but my kids definitely don't go without. But my kids also have learned that my time is to be respected and this is my gift to them. And for them to turn their nose up at something that I've made is disrespectful to me and to my time. And so we've tried to just encourage them to, they can express their opinion if they don't care for something, but I'm not going to make them something else. And so they know that that's a boundary of mine. Um, Another one for sure is that water is the primary beverage in our home. Like we, we have milk and the kids will drink milk on occasion, but most of the time we drink water. I really, <clears throat> we feel like it just helps them process their food and just give them healthier bodies. We do have sodas and sweet tea on occasion, but we want the kids to see those as treats and not something to be expected you know, on the daily. It's not something that we keep in our home all the time. And then um, I allow one snack a day. They know that at three o'clock they can have a snack. Uh, they get to pick the snack, but I get to control the choices because <laughs> I'm the one that does the grocery shopping. And so usually we'll, I make sure we have yogurt, um, there's cheese sticks, we have plenty of fruit, whether they want to eat fresh fruit or if it's, you know, if all that's left is frozen fruit, they'll whip up a smoothie or something. And we typically have granola bars too. So those are some of the snacks that, that they have access to. And then, like I mentioned earlier, we usually eat at home. Um, it saves money and we just see it as a healthier choice. Um, and obviously because of the size of our family, it can get pretty expensive. And so when we do eat out, which we do on occasion, um, everybody drinks water because <laughs> it adds a, it almost it's, doubles our bill. <laughs> yeah. No, we do the exact same thing. I'm like, you know, you can't have a $3 lemonade because I could buy the entire container of lemonade for that. So no, you will drink water. I will make, give you a lemonade at home. I'm same thing. It's just ridiculous. It is. And I really feel like that water too helps them helps their bodies, helps all of our bodies to process the food that we're eating while we're yeah. out. 
you don't know. There's so much hidden in, in food when you when you eat out that uh, anyway, it doesn't always sit well with our bodies, but the water can help help um, digest all that good stuff for us. Yeah, I agree. I've told my kids, I mean, and you know, if we're eating out with another family and they're ordering Cokes and Dr. Peppers and stuff, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm the hard, you know what, that's not, you know, I'm not giving in. And I'm like, unless if I'm like, if you want to spend your money to buy yourself a $3 lemonade, then go for it. They're like, nah, I'm like, yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of having kids that work. They start to see the just how precious those dollars are, you know, so they get it. Right. I absolutely love how you said, um, you know, what you're cooking, serving, giving to them is like a gift. And the way, you know, it's a matter of respect for your time and effort and, mm-hmm. Um, if they don't care for it, they can share that opinion with you. And if they choose not to eat, I take it that's fine. They're, you know, if they're not going to eat it, that's fine. They'll have breakfast in the morning. But that, um, but that you stick to your guns on that. I think that's where a lot of us moms cave and it's hard to do in that. It's hard to do that, to stick to your guns like that, to not get up and make something else or, um, you know, let them do otherwise. I think that's a, that's a really, I just want to hone in on that because that's one of those big keys, you know? It is. And I think it's a lot harder when the kids are smaller because you do feel sorry for them. You don't want them to be hungry. And, um, but if you can stick to your guns when they're little, um, they learn, they learn real quick that this is, this is what we have. And it really, it's, it's a matter of respect. So we do ask even my son, is not a vegetable lover at all and so i mean to this day we raised them all the same i fed them all the same as itty bitty babies but yet he doesn't like vegetables but every time we eat we have vegetables and he has to take a bite and he's 13 and he still knows i have to at least take a bite and he he'll ask me occasionally mom why do you still make me take a bite and i said well today maybe the day that your your body chooses to love mushrooms like you don't know until you try so yeah we do ask that they at least try everything on their plate but when they don't go back for seconds i know that's not going in the notebook (laughs) (laughs) that is not making the notebook (laughs) that's so funny um uh, this this is just so good for everyone to hear. Okay, what about, do you have any other kind of habits, tricks that you use to make things work? There's just a, just a handful of things probably I would mention. Like, for instance, when I buy stuff from Costco, y'all, this, I mean, the packaging is huge. But still with our size of family, if I don't hide half of that food, we'll never make it to the next grocery trip. And so I I mean, they know where I hide it. It's not, it's not legitimately hidden, but it's out of sight. So whatever the snacks are, I'll make sure they really only have access to half of them until next week. And so otherwise we'll just zoom through all those snacks in just a few days. And then this is a big one for me. I, I think there's a lot can be a lot of guilt related to buying organic foods or like the very best um, 
all, all the natural stuff. But I have come to terms with the fact that our budget will only allow so much. And I have my own personal convictions on certain things, but not all things. So I don't buy organic everything. I buy some organic things. Um, but I make my decisions based on personal convictions, like how certain things were grown or the chemicals that have been added to certain foods. There are specific ones that I absolutely avoid. But then there's other things that there's grace on that I just say, you know what, Lord, <laughs> cover it and bless it because we're just not going to go there this time. So that's that was a big one for me. Um, and usually with my meal planning, too, one of my big things, just kind of to stretch our budget, stretch our food. Um, we usually have pasta a couple of times a week because it's cheap and it fits into our budget nicely. Um, the kids love it. Um, I do upgrade it. You know, I we do gluten free noodles in our home. I make sure that they're you know, non GMO. Um, but yes, pasta is definitely a part of our meal plan. And then a couple of things that I add to my ground meat when I cook, like if I'm making tacos, I'll throw in some, some beans, some pinto beans or black beans to make the meat go further. Um, protein obviously is a big deal, making sure that their bellies get full and that helps kind of expand that meat a little bit. And the other thing I like to add, especially to like my baked ziti, or lasagna if I make it, spaghetti even, is I add chopped up kale. I'll saute the kale with the meat. Um, none of my family members, myself included, will voluntarily eat kale. <laughs> so <laughs> I will chop it up really small and saute it into the meat and we can't even taste it and we get the nutrients. And so it just makes me feel better as a mom. <laughs> but that is that is something I, I do very frequently. Um, do your kids, are they like, do they call you on it though? Because it's, can they see it? Because my kids even, you know, I'm like, you can't even taste this, you know? And they're like, if there's the green, you know, I'm telling y'all, my kids don't love eating vegetables either, though they do it. Right. Um, but we, there's a lot of conversation around yeah. it. <laughs> And I, conversations, a nice word, a nice word, but you know, yeah, I'm like, would you, do you want me just to like throw the broccoli on the plate, which I do a lot, or, mm -hmm. I mean, would you rather get it to date chopped up in your eggs, you know, so fine with cheese that you can't even mm -hmm. taste it, you know, they're like, right. okay, but I'm like, come yeah. on, people work with me. Come I know, on. it seems like a battle, right, but man, it's so worth it, like. I always tell them, you're welcome. You're welcome for that kale. You know, like I am doing this for you, for your good. But yes, I've never, I've hardly ever been like the sneaky chef where I try to sneak nutrients into their food. Um, we talk about it. I want them to know that this is what they're eating. We talk about macros a lot um, just because of the nature of what I do. But I want them to be educated. I want them to have some food knowledge and some food appreciation to the point where they can build their own plate or their own meal to where it's pretty even, you know, that they have all their bases covered. I want them to be able to do that for themselves. And so we talk about it a lot, even though they can see the green flecks, I'll tell them there's kale in there and you can't pick it out because it's stuck to your meat. <laughs> so there. Yeah, exactly. But even like when they choose to make a smoothie, obviously with lots of fruit in there, um, 
they know I'm going to ask them, hey, did you put any protein in there? And it's just a casual question I'll ask. And most of the time they'll say either yes, they, you know, they've added in some yogurt or some collagen, or they'll say, oh, I forgot. But it's never like a hard no mom. Usually they, they get it. It's kind of a give and take. Like we need to make sure we just have a lot of conversations about how it benefits their body. Now it's the struggles real with teenagers, as you know, like, yes, especially now that they have their license, they're free to go to the convenience store and get all the junk, which they do at times. But then we come back around and we talk about, well, how did that make you feel? <laughs> like, oh, you have a headache? Well, have you had any water today? Like it's a conversation we're constantly mm-hmm. having about how food will either help them or hurt them. You know, it's a, it's a lesson that they're learning. And I try not to be super harsh because I don't want them to basically run the other way. You know, I don't want them to um, hate the idea of healthy eating because mom talked about it all the time. We try to have a healthy conversation just so that they know this benefits your body and we can make choices that will ultimately be better, be better for us and make us feel better. Yes. I mean, uh, it's, it's a fine line. It, it's you really, you want them. It's like train up a child in the way they should go. And, you know, I, I did this whole podcast recently, you know, about, influencing your family and your friend's health and how it's so hard and how I've been battling this a lot with my kids because they are, yes, just coming into these, you know, teenage years and um, there's not a lot to do around here in a small town. So something like my son and his girlfriend do, they go, we're going to go to Dairy Queen, get an ice cream. I mean, because there's nothing to do. And I'm like, is there anything else we can do? You you know, Mm. but that's kind of what they do to fill in the time or go on a date Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, but then also just going and seeking out the junk and it, it's like somebody just knifed me because <laughs> it's so personal to me, you know, but cause you know, I could see, I know everything that's happening, but you're right. It has to be, I, I try to make it more conver- conversation, a lot of ways to just, and not try to be so forceful. I'm not always great about that, but it's something I'm working on. So I'm glad to hear you say that and just it's a great reminder um and like you said earlier it is it is our job because if we don't teach them you know the outside influences sure aren't their peers you know tv social media everything they're seeing it's just all the junk so um it's really we if we don't do it who will Mm um oh that's so so good these are such good tips um i I know this is going to be speaking to a lot of people. I love it. Okay. Since we're talking about food, what I got to ask you the anchor questions. What is your anchor meal? Oh, hands down taco salad. Absolutely. My favorite. And my family gives me a super hard time for how often we eat it, but they also, they don't care. They don't mind. They love it too. So uh, one of my favorite things about taco salad is the ability to build it yourself. Um, you know, add the toppings that you want, but leave off the ones that you don't. Um, but like I, you know, remember the kale trick. I mean, that's, they definitely get that in their taco salad, but, um, yeah. Ah, So that part's already in there. Like you can leave off the lettuce, but you got it in your meat already. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) 
<laughs> and and you're welcome. <laughs> that is so that's so good. See, I think when one of my problems, I, I'm I'm a little controlling um, with the food situation, and I have uh, one of my friends, Erin. She just is kind of in. I'm also a plate server. I mean, and I I think I've mentioned this here before, but I don't know. It's just how. I guess I grew up, it was like the plate was served. And so I just, I make the plates and I serve it. And my friend, Jennifer Winter, she's also a um, NTP and a Feast of Fast coach. And she's like, I just do that too. But um, like my friend, Erin, you know, she's like, your kids are old enough to serve their own plates, Chelsea, come on. I'm like, I know, but I think part of its control is like, I want this vegetable on there and I want this and this is how much I want them to eat of it and mm-hmm. so I'm working on my issues <laughs> we, all we all have our issues you know like I like how through this you've kind of highlighted those places where you know yourself and you um you know you're kind of working with what you know about yourself what your boundaries are mm-hmm. bringing in the grace you know where there needs to be and just doing your best and and so i love the whole spirit of this entire conversation it is so good um okay what about an anchor verse um i would say second corinthians 12 9 so it says what he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest on me. Y'all, I am so very weak in so many areas, but it's okay because the power of Christ is in me. And so I hold, I cling tightly to that one because I know that I'm weak and I know that I have shortcomings, but ultimately that's how I'm created. I'm human, but God, and only by the grace of God is any of this even possible. So that's what I what I hold on to. You're doing a good job, Mama. You are. (laughs) I love that. That is so perfect. I think, um, yep, lots of weaknesses in this area, but um, we just pray for that grace and just Mm -hmm. know that God uses us. um, And he's using you right now with just everything that you've said today. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all that. I love that. This has been so helpful for me, and I know it will be for other people as well. Um, If people want to find you um, on social media or seek you out to work with you or find you to be a Feast of Fast coach, where, how do they find you? Well, I'm on Facebook. And on Instagram, um, when I created my business, we named it F7 Fitness. My husband has a leadership business that's called F7 Leadership. And that was back when there was only seven of us. Um, so that's what the F and the seven is Floyd seven. So F7 Fitness on both Instagram and on uh, Facebook. So you can reach out to me on there. Excellent. Well, thanks again, my friend, and thank you all for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. 
Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.